When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Nugent Hopkins to win it. Between circles, shoots and scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the winner for the Oilers in He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Krug wheels his way in. Feeds left circle out in front. Back and they score! the opening goal in the Boston-Toronto series. Since then, Zach Hyman scoring for Toronto. Now early in the second period, the game is tied 1-1. Tampa Bay leading New Jersey 2-0 after the first period. Palat and Johnson, the goal scorers in that game. Late in the first period in Washington, no score between the Blue Jackets and the Capitals. Shots just 7-3 in favor of the Caps. Later on tonight, 7.30 start Avalanche at the Predators. At 8.30, the Sharks meet the Ducks. Five playoff games tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30. Ched, Drew Doughty has been given a one-game suspension. The L.A. Kings defenseman punished for the hit to the head of the Golden Knights' William Carrier last night. So no Doughty for the Kings in Game 2. You can text me at 6.30-6.30. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Well, we weren't quite done with the Edmonton Oilers end-of-season news conferences. Conferences. Conference I, conference E's, conferences, I guess, is the plural. Um, Todd McClellan on Monday, Peter Shirelli yesterday, and then this morning we get notice that uh, Bob Nicholson, vice chair of the Oilers Entertainment Group, was going to speak as well. So that was at 12.30. We did have it live on Oilers Now. We'll play some highlights here. And, of course, you can get the whole thing on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com if you like uh, listening through all that stuff. But we'll bring you the meat of it here. And, really, the, the meat of it was confirming that a guy in a very powerful position in the organization will be staying there. In regards to the Oilers, uh, I know there's been a lot of uh, different comments being made. Uh, We are in an evaluation process. I'm here today to tell you that uh, the president and general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, Peter Shirelli, will be the uh, general manager next year. Uh, We are going through the process with not just the coaches, but with everyone within the hockey operations and uh, within the OEG staff. Uh, Peter, when when I look at that, I really believe in his plan. 
over the last number of years, uh, or last number of months, we've been meeting with uh, a lot of our season ticket holders. Uh, there's been anger and disappointment of where we ended up. Uh, and we certainly understand where they are. And we will have a plan coming out here in the near future of how we're going forward. All right, so that's Bob Nicholson jumping right in there saying that uh, Peter Shirelli will remain as the head, or pardon me, not the head coach, as the general manager and president of hockey operations for the Edmonton Oilers. He will go into his fourth season in that role. He will stay in that job throughout the summer. So, uh, look, Peter Shirelli's performance over the last year uh, was poor. In terms of what he did as a general manager, or I think of, of what he did, and I know there were some big blunders along the way in the first couple of years as well, but it, it was a lot better his uh, first two years. Pretty much nothing that he did worked over the last year, at least nothing really major. So it, it's a, it's an interesting spot for Bob Nicholson to be in to decide which guy am I going to employ here or which guy do I th- I think ha- have employed so he decides it's going to be the Peter Shirelli that helped turn the team around a couple of years ago not got nominated for executive year and not the general manager who uh, had a pretty bad year and uh, who was in charge of a team that went 36 40 and 6 and missed the playoffs by a wide margin and quite frankly were never really in the race except for briefly climbing their way back in just before the new year. So that's what we get there from Bob Nicholson. The, I mean, all the evaluation or whatever it was called, I mean, I'm not even, I, I just, to me, that's not even news. I mean, here's the thing. If, you, if, if there's a pro hockey organization, if there's any type of a hockey organization and you reach the, the definitive end of something, if you reach your fiscal year end, if you if you run a business, I, I would think there's going to be an evaluation process regardless of how you do. I guess maybe there's more urgency and more scrutiny over it if you've had a failure of a season. But the team that wins, you know, like the team that wins the Stanley Cup this season is going to have an evaluation process. I would think they'd be smart if they did because teams never stay the same and coaches leave or people retire or players' contracts expire. So to me, Bob Nicholson saying we're going through an evaluation process isn't necessarily uh, newsworthy, though perhaps some of the specifics of it are, given what we've seen with a little bit of uh, uncertainty about the coaching staff in the comments made this week. Uh, I got to ask Nicholson this question today. Bob, you were definitive that Peter Shirelli's returning when it comes to specifically Todd McClellan, or are you prepared to make that commitment about him as the head coach, or are he and his three assistants all up in the air? Yeah, it's all being uh, evaluated at this time. Today, I'm just making an announcement that Peter is here and leading that process. And can I ask what makes you confident in Peter after a difficult year that he should just stick around? Yeah, you know, once uh, I came in here three years ago as the CEO, I hired Peter Shirelli. I've seen seen his plans of what he's done. A lot of it, you don't see what he's done with the scouting uh, component of this organization. And yes, we had a down year. But I really believe when uh, I talk to Peter, he has a plan to uh, get us back in the playoffs next year, and we'll unveil that plan uh, once we go through this evaluation. All right, so I gave Nicholson the chance to commit to Todd McClellan being the head coach. He did not. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to be the head coach, but it means he, he 
be might not be. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to tell you there. there. There's clearly something going on here with the coaching staff. Uh, we know that Todd McClellan has been tied to Jim Johnson and Jay Woodcroft, two of the assistants for a long time, going back to their days together even in San Jose. Um, there could be other factors at play. I mean, other teams are still playing, obviously. 16 teams are still playing. If, if there's somebody that might be pursued there for some sort of a role, uh, the Oilers farm team in Bakersfield is still wrapping up its season if something might happen with Jerry Fleming or, or a coach there. So there, there's still some parts in play there with the coaching staff, and, and they're still undergoing some sort of evaluation. So Peter Shirelli stays, and... I gave Bob Nicholson the chance to say, okay, Todd McClellan is staying, but the assistants might not stay. But he said, no, everybody on the coaching staff is under a period of evaluation. So that's all we can tell you there. And I, we've we've basically got a sense of this all week long, and it just keeps getting repeated higher up the food chain. Todd McClellan didn't commit to his assistants being back. Peter Shirelli didn't uh, commit to the coaching staff being back. And now we go up to Bob Nicholson, who commits to the GM being back, doesn't uh, commit to anybody else being back. So, there you go. This texture says uh, there better only be one link left in the general manager's leash. Well, I think we can read into that. I mean, you, you, you'd certainly hope so, it would be my reply to that texture. Um, I, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I've been critical of Shirelli's work over the past year. Fine. It's it's now the past year. Uh We'll still talk about it, but there's a point where it's like, okay, that happened. It was bad. Now you got to look ahead. I I, I know uh, Nicholson was asked today, well, does this mean it, it has to be playoffs for Shirelli or he's gone? And Nicholson just said, well, we expect to make the playoffs. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to make a strongly educated guess here that given some of the players on the roster... Because there's three, there's three really good players on the roster, and there's some other guys who are still pretty good, even if they're coming off down seasons. That that you'd you'd think they expect to make the playoffs, and if they don't, I mean, then eventually people start taking the fall for that, and you would you would think it would be Shirelli at some point. Uh, this texture says uh, it clearly means to me, Reed, that McClellan will be gone. Yeah, I don't know about honestly. I don't know if it's clear. I, I don't know if it's clear that McClellan is gone. Somebody else texting in my guess, Doug Waite could be coming as an assistant to Todd. Who knows? I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem with uh, a younger coach, and by younger I don't necessarily mean age, but perhaps a little, you know doesn't have to have the experience that Todd did, but he's been in a, but he's been a head coach, and and maybe that's somebody who can become an associate for Todd. That scenario wouldn't bother me at all, and I know that means some guys off the current staff are gone. But it it doesn't seem overly viable to me to bring back the the staff in the exact same roles, specifically because of the issues on special teams. Uh, all right, you can text six thirty six thirty. Phone number is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Some more Nicholson clips. We got a really cool story uh, out of Saskatchewan related to the Humboldt Broncos late play-by-play voice, Tyler Bieber. We'll expand on that. But we do have more time for your feedback here. We'll take a quick break at 617. 
This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Me to be your savior. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, this texture says, Reed, who would replace Todd McClellan? Mark Crawford? Let's hope not. Why not bring Doug Waite back? Or no, he says, why bring Doug Waite back? He's another former Oiler. This is from uh, DYZ, I believe is the handle there. Well, look, there are unemployed coaches out there. Uh, I mean, okay, so Vino just got fired. Uh, who would I think of off the top of my head? Daryl Sutter. Uh, Dan Bilesma, Dave Tippett. So, I mean, you're all going to have your own opinion on that. I, I know from talking to, you know, media and, and people who come in from other cities, um, and Todd's been criticized here, and that that's fine. There's most, most, if not everybody, will tell you that Todd McClellan's a very good coach and would still be considered in the upper tier of coaches in the National Hockey League. Now, that, that doesn't mean he's going to be here forever or, or that sometimes things don't change. But like I said, uh, I've, I've said this before, if Todd McClellan were let go by the Oilers, he'd have a job pretty quick if he wanted one. That, I, I truly believe that. Uh, this texture says, how about bringing back Ralph Kruger as an associate coach? What about Todd Nelson? Players seemed to like him and the power play was good. Well, Ralph Kruger is the uh, chairperson, I believe is his role, with Southampton in the English Premier League. He's got, a pretty, he's got a pretty lofty job. So I don't think he'd come back in as associate coach. Todd Nelson is the coach in Grand Rapids. He's uh, done very well in the minors. Obviously, his only experience as an NHL head coach was when he was Edmonton's interim coach after uh, Dallas Aikens was fired. Players do like him. He works very hard on the uh, on the team building, on the uh, on the team attitude. I think that's one of Todd Nelson's strengths. Now, I know for Todd Nelson, he he wants to be an NHL head coach. He still has those aspirations. So I think he would look for that as opposed to another assistant or associate opportunity in the NHL. But I, Todd's got some definite strengths for sure. Um. Sorry, just trying to read some text here. Dell in Vegreville says, What groundbreaking visionary work have Shirelli's stable of scouts performed? Underperforming draft picks and poor value on trades is all that is evident to me. That is from Dell in uh, Vegreville. I, I will say this. I, I, I think it's a little early. And I'm talking more about picks after the first round, which has kind of been something I've focused on over the last couple of months here. I think it's a little too early to evaluate some of the draft picks after the first round because those guys generally take a little longer to come along, and that's been a huge weakness for the Oilers. And I will say this again. I've used this line many times. The irony for Peter Shirelli could be that some of the – if the Oilers one day have a deeper team because of players taken in in later rounds – uh, Peter Shirelli may not be the GM of the team by the time those players get there and help, if they pan out. Jesse at 780-496-0063. Hello, Jesse. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Uh, Oilers fans need to understand, like, how many coaches do we go through during the dark days? Like, we need some stability in this organization. Uh, assistants, associates, I think they're up for, uh, maybe it's a little stale. Those three have been together for a long time. 
but uh, we need stability. We can't just bail on Todd McClellan. He's a top-tier coach, like you were saying. I don't know, maybe top eight in the league, top ten for sure. Uh, I don't know. It just seems ludicrous to me. Oilers fans need to relax. Uh, well, you know, fan, fans don't relax, Jesse. That's why they're fans, right? Uh, but, uh, no, I, I mean... He, I guess. It comes from fanatical, I guess. Yeah, it, it, that's okay. I'm just having fun with you. I, I mean, he yeah. is considered a, a really good coach. I mean, I think... You know, I think Cooper and Babcock are, you know, considered really good coaches. Uh, maybe that maybe the two best in the league. If you talk to people, you know how they've done over the last few. I know I was doing this. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago, and he listed uh, he listed the seven or eight best coaches in the league, and he had McClellan in that group. So, and then you was get, Elaine uh, was Vignon in that uh, that group? Because I think he's an upper tier coach, to be honest. Uh, yeah, he's done pretty well. I, I, and I, and I mean, again, was it him in New York? Was it that he was there a long time in New York? Was the roster not quite as good in New York? Was, you know, the goaltending not quite as good overall? A, a lot goes into it. Uh, I can't remember if I can't remember the seven or eight that this person listed, but definitely th- this person, this individual had a lot of praise for Cooper and Babcock as probably the top two, and then McClellan would be in a next group of, fi- of, of five or six. I I I don't see. Like, just logically to me, Jesse, I don't know how the whole staff can be back. I agree. I agree 100%, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, Todd, I mean, Bob Bob always throws out these, like, uh, cryptic messages during his shows. I've listened to him for years, and I always get a cryptic feel for him. And I almost felt like we're going to send one of those guys down to the AHL the way he was talking today. Like, I could see uh, maybe one of the two boys go down to the uh, AHL and be the head coach down there and bring in some fresh uh, fresh blood into the uh, lower ranks of the coaching uh, in Edmonton? Well, that's an interesting idea. I guess the catch there is, Jesse, if you've been an NHL assistant coach for right. several years, do you view that as a demotion? Do you view that as something you need to learn to be a better coach? Right, but one of them has never been a coach, an actual head. He's basically been on Todd's coaching staff. Yeah, and I know who you're talking about, and that's, and that's Jay Woodcroft. And he never, you yeah. know, and he didn't play in the NHL like Johnson. Well, Johnson was teammates with Rob Brown, as you probably know, right? Right. So, right. right. So, you know, you wonder if when things get tough, if Woodcroft has the cachet with the players that, that other guys might. That's a totally yeah. fair question. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, Bob uh, is always late, leads things out, and that's kind of something I caught up today when you were on the uh, radio with him this afternoon. And, uh, yeah, interesting times ahead, but I, I definitely think we need to just stay pat. We need some stability in an organization, and I think it's really good that Bob uh, Nicholson came out and uh, gave his vote of confidence, at least for Peter today. Well, uh, He deserves another shot, at least. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and, and did, you, did you read Terry Jones's article? I haven't yet, no. Yeah, well, I wonder if that prompted what happened today. Um he uh, he leaked. Terry would like to think so. He 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 uh, he leaked the <laughs> nickname that some of us in the media have for Peter Shirelli, which is the Ghost, because we don't see him a lot, and right. uh, we don't get to have a lot of conversations with him on or off mic. Um, which isn't bad, a bad thing. Like keep your cards, like you know what I mean. Like show them when you need to. If they, yeah, well, fair enough. Me, I, so, I so there's. You know, there's other ways to build relationships, but this is maybe another topic. But I will say this: I, I, I am glad that I'm glad that at least Nicholson ended the speculation. At least he said, "Here's the guy. Peter knows. Everybody knows." And as another texter pointed out, and I responded to, I mean, now I think like the, the that was a good way the texter put it. There's there's one link left on the I guess not the leash, the chain, right? Like. Now you can't have another bad year because you're going to take the fall. I, I would hope yeah. that that's pretty clear going forward. 
that's fair enough. I agree. I know. I, I just think things are things are good. I mean, we had a bad year, but I mean, how many teams in the playoffs this year weren't in the playoffs last year? Is a half a dozen at least. You yeah. know. So fair enough. Um, it's it's part of the uh, the uh, maturation of a team. I appreciate you taking my call, uh, Reed. Okay, see you, Jesse. We got a break for the news. Uh, pretty cool story here related to the Humboldt tragedy. We'll touch on that when we get back. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Okay, so Canada announcing 18 players to the World Championship roster. Still room to add more. But Ryan Nugent Hopkins is one of them, as we knew about. Connor McDavid and Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers will also represent Team Canada. St. Albert's Colton Pareko from the St. Louis Blues will be on the team. Bill Peters, head coach of Carolina. He's from Three Hills. He coached Junior B Hockey in Killam when he was in his early 20s. He'll be the head coach of the team, and Bill will join us on Inside Sports tomorrow. That'll be fun. Here's what's going on in the playoffs. Still 1-1 Toronto and Boston. About five minutes left in the second period. Bruins are on a power play. Lightning lead the Devils 3-0. Six minutes left in the second period. Capitals up 2-0 on the Blue Jackets. Kuznetsov scoring twice late in the first period. Just 29 seconds apart. Coming up later, Avalanche and Predators and the Sharks take on the Ducks. One game in the Western Hockey League tonight. Everett up against Portland. Everett leads that series two games to one. And speaking of the Western Hockey League, Les Lazarick is the play-by-play voice of the Saskatoon Blades. Les, thanks for hopping on the show tonight. How are you doing, sir? I am fine, Reed. Nice to be able to be on with you. I got to set up why we had you on, and it's, uh, you, you know, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter. There's a lot of stuff out there I'd sooner not see. But some stuff you wrote today uh, was pretty cool. So I'll just read it here. Uh, obviously, you've you've been in Humboldt uh, with the tragedy there. Tyler Bieber, who uh, we we had uh, one of uh, Kent Ridley, a guy he worked on football scouting with, on the show earlier this week with some memories of Tyler. Unless you wrote that as you sit and look at Tyler Bieber's spot in the 107.5 Bolt FM broadcast booth, I want to honor Tyler's memory by calling a Humboldt Broncos game on Bolt FM for free. No talent fee, no gas money, no meal money. I don't care where the game is. There are 58 regular season games coming up next season. I hope 57 other broadcasters step up and do the same in Tyler Bieber's memory. So you threw that out there. What kind of response did you get, Les? An overwhelming response, Reed, to, to say the least. Uh, uh, admittedly, some people uh, tweeted back and said they would love to be involved in some way, shape, or form, admitting freely that they had no previous experience at all. But a lot of the people who did say that they would be interested in helping out are heavy hitters in our business, in hockey play-by-play, in sports play-by-play. And it's overwhelming to see that type of response from the people who are National Hockey League, Canadian Football League, such as Morley Scott uh, with your folks at 630 Chet and the Edmonton Eskimos. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. Uh, I, know, I don't know all of Morley's background, but I do know he did hockey uh, with the Vancouver Giants and also did hockey with the uh, Moose Jaw Warriors back in the early days after they moved to Moose Jaw from Winnipeg. But uh, for those types of people to actually think about wanting to do one of those 58 games along with yours truly, somewhere along the line uh, in the next season. Um, it, it, it's humbling and it's overwhelming, to say the least. Well, and that's that's an incredible idea. And, um, 
you know that and obviously that would be a, a tough uh a tough job for someone to be hired and replace Tyler in the wake of this. So that'd be amazing if it was just divided up by people doing it for free, whether it was home away. So, you know, either you go to Humboldt or another spot in the Saskatchewan Junior League to uh, to, to call a game. Now, you, you threw this out there a few hours ago. You, you mentioned the response, big names interested, who's, who say they'd be willing to come to the SJHL to do a game. Is But I, I, I assume we can't call this a reality yet. I mean, where are we at? No, we can't call it a reality. Definitely not. Uh, we have to talk to, and I, it's going to be incumbent upon myself, seeing as I'm the person who threw this out there. I guess it's going to be up to me to phone the general manager of the uh, of the Bolt FM station in Humboldt, uh, and I intend on doing that tomorrow morning and saying, hey, guess what I've done on Twitter, and I'm sure they know because they've, they've been getting phenomenal uh, press along with this, phenomenal exposure along with this. Uh, as well as the, the humble Broncos, I should probably touch base with Kevin Geringer, their their team president, who, uh, uh, by the way, just phenomenal job uh, standing up amongst everything that went on this weekend. Uh, phenomenal way of, of being able to hold it together and and let everybody know what it was all about with the humble Broncos. Uh, so Kevin Geringer, along with the, along with the radio station and even the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, Bill Chow. There's so much money been raised by the GoFundMe page, and now. Uh, there's another uh, thing going on with the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League's assistance program for all the teams, and I think that there are some fundraising things that can possibly be done in connection with this idea. Les Lazarick joining us on Inside Sports. He's the play-by-play voice of the Saskatoon Blades. If you're just joining us, he uh, put an idea out there on Twitter where uh, he and uh, 57 other uh, broadcasters would uh, volunteer, basically, to call the uh, 58 Humboldt Bronco games last season. He's got much more, much, much more than 58 people uh, replying. You know, Humboldt's not far from Saskatoon. I, I know they were were different were different leagues. Um, but did you get to know Tyler uh, a little bit? Is there anything you can tell us about him? You know what, Reed? I, I'm I'm ashamed to say that I never had an opportunity to meet Tyler Bieber, and uh, that's on me. I, I feel badly that I never had an opportunity. In fact, I probably have met a few of the uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League radio broadcasters. I mean, that's that's the grassroots of, of hockey, of, of, of radio, of a hockey broadcasting. Junior A, uh, some people do Junior B, but Junior A hockey is kind of where you start, and you then make your way up through the ranks, and eventually you make it to the National Hockey League. And there are several guys who have done that and are in working in the NHL right now. Uh, so for me to, uh, I can't even begin to tell you, anything personal about Tyler Bieber outside of what I heard today. The eulogy done on his behalf was, was just so well done. And the program that I have uh, from the uh, funeral, uh, the words written about his tireless uh, work as a volunteer in addition to being a broadcaster uh, makes him a very, very special person. Uh, it just, uh, you, you just can't help but have your heartbreak of the fact that a young man at age 29 who had everything in front of him and did so much for his community is not with us anymore. Yeah. Well, well said, Les. It's it's obviously a tough time, but the response has been uh, incredible, and it would be pretty overwhelming if you know to Tyler were honored by having some of the, like you said, the big names in the business, guys like you and guys calling NHL and CFL step up and uh, and be in the booth in his memory next season. Thanks for uh, letting us know what's going on. I, I hope we can update it here as we move along, Les. Really appreciate well, your time. 
Reed, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, if there's anything else that I can update on in the next few weeks, I hope to be able to do that. Hopefully before uh, the NHL playoffs get too deep or we get to the MasterCard Memorial Cup uh, later on next month. Right on. Take care, Les. You too, Reed. Thank you. That is Les Lazarick checking in tonight. So that's really, really cool what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of you know, it leaves me at a loss for words a little bit, to be honest with you. I know that's not good when you're when you're speaking on the radio, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think we saw we interviewed the the uh, Chad Lins, the gentleman the other night who started inadvertently. Even he would say the the, the sticks out for Humboldt campaign, and, and it's one of those things where people want to do something. They they want to try to create some sort of connection to that community or to the people who were lost as a result of the of the crash. And uh, Les Lazarick stepping up and doing that from a broadcaster's perspective. So good for him. Boston now up 2-1 on Toronto. Two minutes left in the second period. Uh, hey, the AJHL final starting tomorrow. Spruce Grove is in it once again. We'll talk to their head coach when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. David Pasternak has just scored. Boston leading Toronto 3-1 with 20 seconds left in the second period. The Blue Jackets are on the board, but they still trail Washington 2-1. That's about seven minutes into the second period. Lightning up 3-1 on the Devils. Two minutes left in the second period in Tampa. Taylor Hall breaking the ice for New Jersey. Of course, his first ever playoff goal as the Devils try to fight back in that one. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Drew Doughty, one-game suspension for that headshot on William Carrier last night. This is interesting, too, here. You may remember last week we had Mark Cordy in studio. He's an offensive lineman for the U of A Golden Bears. He is ranked sixth going into the CFL draft coming up in May. The Eskimos pick sixth. So, I mean, who knows, but it's uh, interesting that if the projections go to plan, uh, maybe he's going to go from the green and gold to the green and gold. Okay, so a lot going on in the hockey world for in a lot of different ways. Obviously, the playoffs are underway. Uh, the Humboldt uh, tragedy, obviously, is going to be felt for a long, long time. And uh, the Alberta Junior A Hockey League getting its finals underway tomorrow. Spruce Grove against Okotoks. And I'm pleased to welcome Saints head coach Bram Steven to the show. Bram, you're on with Reed. Thanks for making time for me tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always happy about the AJ. If you've, uh, well, we've talked before too. But if you've ever listened to this show, you know I spent seven years in Lloydminster covering the uh, Blazers slash Bobcats in the AJ. They didn't have a very good team while I was out there, but uh, always enjoyed covering the AJ. And uh, Bram, you know, unfortunately, obviously the the story starts this week with with Humboldt and a couple former Saints who are unfortunately uh, in the crash. Connor Lucan, uh, Connor Lucan, and Parker Tobin. Um, you know, I know I know it's been tough. Uh, just sort of take me through the, the what you know about those young men and just the the process of grieving here that a lot of the guys have had to go through this week. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's been a bit of a rough uh, week, obviously, for the hockey world and um, something that uh, hit pretty close to home um, in the Saints' room for a few different reasons. Lots of Albertans on the team and and. Um, you know, Connor Lucan played for the Saints organization for three seasons prior to this year and won a championship with them in 2014-15. And 
um, was set to be leader on the team this year, and, and uh, a deal came available earlier in the year where, where we traded with Humboldt to bring in Chris Van Oshaw. So Chris uh, had a good year as the MVP of the league, um, but, uh, you know, in, in return, Humboldt got a, an excellent leader and um, and uh, a really good person. Parker Tobin is a uh, – he, he was with our team until about – he started December and then went to Humboldt and, and from what we heard he was having a really good season there as well and again a very smart um, articulate person a very um, community oriented person and, and both boys will be um, obviously sorely missed well, it's tough, and, and Bram, thanks for thanks for talking about them. Uh, you know, I know it, I know it's really tough. I know the games are going to go on. The Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League is going to start their final as well. You guys start on the road, and I do want to get into the hockey side of it, uh, taking on Okotoks here. Um, but tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing uh, in Game Three, sort of in support of the families. Yeah, well, obviously, um, the teams are supporting with the, the stickers and. Um, We've got a couple shows of support already in the arena and in the community um, with banners and signs and what have you. Um, for for Game 3, uh, prior to the game, the boys will uh, be wearing jerseys with either 12 or 30 to represent both Luke and then Tobin's numbers. And and then they, they will be uh, uh, raffled off later on in the, in the night. Um, and the contributions to the raffle will be going to the Humboldt Broncos. So um, that'll be the show of support there Monday night. Uh, obviously, Spruce Grove with the uh, Minor Hockey Association had the vigil last night. And then um, the, the, the services will start for the individual boys, which I'm sure a lot of our guys will attend starting on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Well, good for you guys, Bram, and thanks, thanks for letting everybody know what, uh, what's going on. And I know in the midst of dealing with all this, uh, you'd like to win another hockey series here. You'd, you'd like to uh, get another championship for the Saints. Now, wasn't it, this is kind of funny. Wasn't it Okotoks you guys played in the last game at Northlands? Yes, it was, yeah. yeah we actually played them twice in a, in a week there. And both good hockey games. Both teams were missing players because uh, of the World Junior A challenge um, at that point. But uh, really good experience between us and them, at, obviously, at Northlands. And not a lot of animosity when you play in those types of games. There seems to be a little bit of an edge taken off because of the sportsmanship and camaraderie, but I'm sure that won't take long to get fired up here. Uh, you know, and, and you know, I used to cover the league firsthand. Now it's mostly just uh, looking at scores, Bram, and talking to guys like you. I know the Saints have been a powerhouse in the North, not necessarily winning the North every year, but but a lot. Uh, I know. I think Brooks has often been the power in the South. So, did they have a down year? Has Okotoks uh, surged past them a little bit? What's the story? Yeah, well, Okotoks actually. Both the Saints and Okotoks are the two youngest teams in the league, which is kind of interesting to start with because that's not normally how it's done. But um, they've recruited a lot of good young players over the Southern Alberta area. Um, Brooks was. You know, very formidable opponent this year, and they they lost to Okotoks in six games there in the South Final. Um, Okotoks uh, was on a 29 game win streak, I believe, oh. up until they lost to Brooks, and um, they're number one ranked in the in the CJHL, the country, at the end of the year. So um, it obviously is they're a good team, they're a young team. Um, I'd like to think we're fairly similar in in our, what we what we're about and how many players we have coming back. So. Both programs are in a good place, not only this season, but the next season, too. Okay, well, that's interesting. They're the two youngest teams in the league. It's, it's my experience, Brown. That that doesn't happen 
very oh. often at the junior no. A level. I can't I no. can't think of a team. I mean, and, and often good teams add 19 and 20 year olds at, at the deadline. So how come the young guys were able to put it together for you so well this year? Yeah, well, we we have a nice nucleus of players that were coming in, and we have 10 rookies this year that have all contributed in big ways. And, and we're a hockey team that's able to play with four lines and then all D and. And uh, all of our players have contributed quite well, and, and I, I think when you watch an Oak teams play, they're very similar that way. Styles of play are a little bit different, but just a lot of depth. Both both rosters, um, both teams do have good veteran players. We have we have six twenty year olds. We just don't have a nineteen year old class behind that. With with we only have one player who's our goalie. Um, so then we the rest of our roster is eighteen and under. So um, whereas Oak is a little bit more spread out, they they just have. Uh, a lot of, uh, of rookies as well that are 17 or 18. Well, I'm wondering too, Bram, I, I know sometimes good junior A teams, they don't lose a lot of players to graduation. They lose players to scholarships. I mean, when the Saints have been good for a while. Do you have they, and I know this is your first year there, but but are you losing any guys after their 18-year-old season to go to the NCAA? Yeah, we have uh, one 17-year-old, Sean Comrie, who we expect to lose to Denver, and then an 18-year-old, Jared Gorley, who we, who will be going to Arizona State next year, so they'd be exiting early. Um, we have a few others that are also committed, but not committed for next season. Okay, so they go down the road. All right, yeah, because yeah. they can pick what year they start, right? Yeah, the college is a lot, well, obviously now it's a bit of an, an arms race there, and they'll recruit several years out, so... Okay. When they commit to a player, it's not always for the very next season. Bram, you, you coached uh, McEwen last year. From a coaching standpoint, what can you tell us about the transition from ACAC to AJHL? I mean, I know there's way more games, obviously, in the AJ. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit uh, more of a, a grind that way with the schedule. Um, college life is <laughs> it's uh, pretty set forward. You have uh, one opponent each week, two games, and then practice weeks you know monday through thursday every week and it's very uh predictable the routine um we need to pay attention at the junior level a lot more to the the energy systems and where they are in their micro cycle as far as what they're what they have in the tank and then managing that the right way while still getting in the practice time at the junior level and and then obviously there's a lot more emphasis on skill development at this level than at the at the college level where you're training to win um, so those are some of the big components. And then at the college level, there are student-athletes. So students first and athletes next, whereas at this level, they're trying to get to that point. And then hockey is a pretty big focus in their life, too. Okay, so just want to double-check the schedule. You're at Okotoks tomorrow and Saturday, and then people can check you guys out at Grand View Arena, 7 o'clock both Monday and Tuesday for games 3 and 4. Yeah, you bet. And if it goes six, we'll play at home again on Sunday, uh, next Sunday at 7 o'clock as well. Okay. Well, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on this, Bram. Hopefully we can have you or maybe one of your guys on again during the series because this is going to be uh, uh, a fun one. And then obviously, so it's and now it's back to you play the BC champ. They got rid of that yeah. Western Canada Cup, if you win. Yeah, back to the Doyle Cup. And then that series right now is Wenatchee and Prince George. So Okay, cool. All right, yeah. well, keep an eye on that, Bram. Thanks for checking in tonight. I, I really, uh, I really appreciate it, and thanks for uh, thanks for letting us know a little bit more about Connor and Parker. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. That's Bram Stephen checking in tonight, head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints showdown with Okotoks in the Alberta Junior Hockey League Championship Series. Okay, we'll check your NHL playoff scoreboard when we get back, and Kelly Rudy makes his weekly appearance on the show. Inside Sports on six thirty, Chad. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.